This is episode 57 of the Prepper Website Podcast. Today's articles are Flashback, Don't Get Fixated on Any One SHTF Scenario Gear versus DIY Gear, Swedish Torch Solutions for Pennies People Are Going to Lose It When Times Get Tough for Real and Harvesting Wild Birds for Food After the SHTF Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website a daily aggregator of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, before I get started, uh, I, I know that I'm reading four articles today, but they're, some of them are short, so uh, I'm hoping to you know pack in a little bit more in there, but they're a little bit shorter articles uh, this go-around. Uh, and before I start reading, I just want to let you know, uh, yesterday, um, and for those of you who don't know, uh, I record uh, the podcast the night before. So the Monday podcast, I record late Sunday night, and I try to get it out there for uh, people's commutes. So Monday morning commute, you can have it, uh, you know, Monday through Friday, you, you have it in the morning or, you know, in the afternoon, whichever you need. But uh, that's what I'm shooting for. That's my goal. And so uh, I put it out there. But after I put the, the podcast out, after I had already done it and, and put it out there, I got an email from Lisa Bedford and Daisy uh, Luther over at Organic Prepper and the Survival Mom. And, you know, they do the, the Preppers University. And uh, the email is, was talking about a flash sale that was starting on Monday, uh, which is May 8th, if you're, if you're listening to this at, at a different time. So um, Monday, May 8th through Tuesday, May 9th, and it was going to be a flash sale, and they were greatly discounting the uh, Preppers University, the registration. And so you would be able to get uh, one course, uh, one intensive course for 99 or you would be able to get two of them for 175 So there are people that do both of them. They'll do the beginner course just because of the information that's there and the 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 prep and survival experts that you get to talk to in the live webinar, and then also the advanced uh, course as well. And so you can do that, or you can buy two and give one away as a, as a you know as a gift to someone. You know, the idea was maybe you might purchase one as a gift for Mother's Day, uh, maybe for a new mother or a single mom, or maybe you know somebody who is who is older who's getting into preparedness. And so uh, I wasn't able to talk about that on the podcast yesterday. So when I'm trying to get this done a little bit earlier than normal to get it out there, because I know that um, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. As soon as I put it out there, people start downloading it. And so uh, I'm going to try to put it out there a little bit, uh, the Tuesday podcast, a little bit earlier than normal on Monday night. So people can go ahead and hear about it. Those of you who don't come to Prepper website, I did put it up on Prepper website. I did throw it up on the Facebook page uh, and, and Twitter and things like that. But I know some of you are just listening solely to the podcast. And so I just I wanted to let you know that uh, this this is happening. But it's only going to be till noon on Tuesday. Uh, so if you're listening to this on Tuesday, only till noon. And uh, so to take advantage of that. So I just want to put it out there. If you haven't looked at Prepper University, go go take a look at it. It's Prepper Preppers University. It's S PreppersUniversity.com 
forward slash PW. That PW stands for Prepper Website. Just go take a look at it and uh, you know bounce around, see what they're offering, see the things that are there, the things that you get to do. Uh, you'll get to go touch the, uh, or not touch, but you'll get to go look at the calendar and uh, see what they have set up. It starts uh, May 14th. Uh, you'll get to see um, the facts, the FAQs, the frequently asked questions. You'll get to go through those and uh, you know see all the other things in there and just see if it's a value for you. I think it's a really great value, someone who is interested in preparedness. There's a lot of things that we spend $99 on and uh, they don't provide a lot of value, but this is going to be something that you'll be able to to use for you know for a, for a long long time. Not only that, you're going to be be making connections with people on a level that you normally wouldn't being able to interact with people that you normally wouldn't be able to interact with. All right, that's enough about that. Uh, I'll link to Preppers University if you want to come to the website and go there, or you can go ahead and just go straight there, PreppersUniversity.com forward slash pw let's go ahead and start reading uh first article comes to us from american preppers online and uh, sarge has a has a good article here uh again it's called flashback don't get fixated on any one shtf scenario let's go ahead and start reading hello my friends and welcome back today i have a flashback post that is a true that is as true today as it was back then so grab a cup of coffee and have a seat while we visit don't get fixated on any one SHTF scenario. As preppers, it is easy to become fixated on a single scenario, be it EMP or economic collapse. This is when you continue to focus on a single event and build all of your preps around it. If that one doesn't happen and something else does, you may find that you are not prepared at all for what has actually happened. We need to prepare for a large variety of issues and create our preps to handle each one. Scenario number one. Let's say you believe that economic collapse is inevitable, so you stock up on, a large, on large quantities of gold and silver. In, do, in doing so, you neglect to add additional food stores because you figure you have enough precious metals and can simply buy more if you run out. You may not stock up on enough first aid supplies thinking you can just buy some off of someone else. What happens if when SHTF happens and it is an EMP or a cyber attack, then what do you do? That money will be useless if there are no items on the shelves at the stores. Suddenly, you may find yourself surrounded by the wrong kinds of supplies and not have what you need. Planning for only one type of scenario is dangerous and should be avoided at all costs. Scenario number two. Let's say you plan for an EMP attack and instead it turns out to be an economic collapse instead. There are plenty of supplies in the stores, but you have no way to purchase them. What would you do then? You spent all of your money on buying electronics and putting in a protected cage, but in the process, you failed to purchase precious metals. Can you see where I'm going with this? Putting all your eggs in one basket is not very smart. We need to plan for all emergencies, not just one or two. Failing to plan is planning to fail, and that is not what you want to be doing when it comes to your preps. Scenario number three. You have only planned for an EMP or an economic collapse when creating your preps. Now we are attacked by a foreign nation on our own soil using nuclear bombs. Because you haven't prepared for this, you have no respirators or radiation suits. You don't even have a Geiger counter. So now you don't even know if it's clear to come out of your home or if, it's, or if the local water is safe to drink. In this scenario, you would be totally screwed because you hadn't prepared for it. You figured the chances of it happening were slim to none, so why bother, right? Now, with all of the money and time you have spent on your preps, you wind up being at the mercy of others and facing a long, slow death. 
It is critical that you work through every possible scenario and consider what you would need regardless of how unlikely it might be. Scenario number four, you have planned for economic collapse and civil unrest, but a plague hits the U.S. and begins to wipe out the entire population. Your money and guns will do no good against the germs that cause the plague. You have no protective suits and no vitamins or antibiotics to protect you or your family. How will you work your garden, hunt, or even get fresh water if you haven't properly prepared for the scenario? There are all kinds of things that can go wrong, and yes, I know that it is impossible to prepare for all of them. That is just a fact of life, but you can't just focus on only one or two possibilities when you are prepping. You have to see the big picture and plan for as many as you can. Scenario number five. You plan for every man made disaster that you can think of and instead a hurricane or tornado comes through and wipes out your home and all of your supplies you have no fresh water no food and no way to get any more now what will you do you have to plan for both man-made and natural disasters as well remember to never put all of your preps in one place and to take precautions to keep them safe and dry if you have done that then you can simply go to one of your caches and get the sim the supplies and temporary uh temporary shelter you need Sorry. You would be far ahead of anyone else that hasn't done that. Like I said, the key here is to plan for as many different disasters as you can. Sometimes I wonder if I need to read, uh, use my cheater glasses or uh, sometimes I have the, the, the web page just blowing up so much. But even just reading, sometimes my eyes get crossed. Uh, it sucks to get old, right? All right, so if if you like most people, if you're like most people, money is the primary consideration for what you prep. So you have to use your prepping dollars as wisely as you can. I will put a small list of just a few of the items you should be prepping for, depending on where you live at the bottom of this post. Take a few minutes and look over it to see which ones you have not prepped for. Look for life-saving items that are unique to each disaster and be sure to add them to your preps. You should also consider the perfect storm scenario where more than one thing happens at one time. It is always a possibility. The goal here is to, is to survive no matter what happens. Do not focus on any one thing and consider all disasters as a real possibility. Do this and you will be prepared for anything. Well, I hope I have given you something to think about and maybe even an idea or two. Until next time, just remember that prepping is, is a direction of travel and not a destination. So some of the uh, the reasons to prep are uh, economic collapse, uh, EMP, nuclear attack, foreign invasion, plague, cyber attack, martial law, hurricane, tornado, earthquake, chemical attack, terrorist attack, social collapse, tsunami, and famine. These are just a few. If you think of any I missed, please add them in the comments below. Until next time, stay safe, stay strong, and stay prepared. God bless America. Sarge. All right. So I uh, I agree with Sarge. What I'm going to tell you is you definitely don't want to just prep for one scenario. I have, in the times that I've done Prepper website and all the articles that I've read, people have talked about, like, hey, if you prepare for an EMP, you've prepared for everything. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't go that way. I like uh, the idea of being a little bit more thoughtful and planned. Of course, when you come into preparedness and your eyes are open and you, you see how fragile we really are, and, and for whatever reason, you come to preparedness, right? Uh, there's so many different reasons people come. But your eyes are open, and you see how fragile we really are. You can easily start to panic. I remember uh, early, early on, before Prepper Website, you know, knowing the things that, you know, I was learning all these things, and, and man, uh, you know, it kind of freaks you out a little bit. 
you're, uh, you know, you, you've got a family, you've got people that depend on you, and you go to the grocery store and you have this list, but then you start looking at everything and it's like, man, if, if, you know, if the poop hit the fan, I would like that and I would like that and maybe I should buy some of this extra and maybe I should do that. And if you pursue preparedness that way, you're going to totally run out of money because you're just going to be grabbing all kinds of things off the shelf, uh, not, not just food items, but, you know, all kinds of gear and things. And you're not, you know, what you really need to do is you need to have a plan. You need to sit down and have a plan and you, you need to start off with what are the most probable scenarios in your, you know, in your uh, lo locale where you're located at. And so uh, you know that I'm in the Houston area. One of the things that, uh, and I've talked about this before, are hurricanes, right? Um, we've probably have been affected by hurricanes more than anything else uh, other than like uh, lights going out, uh, those kinds of things. Uh, so you know because of storms or whatever, but hurricanes have uh, have impacted us more than anything. So I'm going to start out with a hurricane, and I'm going to put that down, and I'm going to like what kinds of things would I need for a hurricane? Uh, I'm going to start building from there. I'm going to build on okay, what's the next probable thing that could possibly happen? What's the next probable thing? And so I'm going to go ahead and start bringing these these lists right. And so you know at the end of your list will be like pole shift, uh, you know, super volcano going off, uh, you know, EMP. Although, you know, right now on the news, you have the little man over in North Korea talking about, uh, you you know, acting, acting like he's crazy over there. And uh, we're, you know, we're not backing down uh, at all. A lot of people are saying that uh, the, his his test his missile test were an actual actual failures. People that were looking, I think the article that I read, uh, Japan, uh, an expert in Japan was saying no. He was testing out uh, getting to the altitude of an EMP. And so, uh, you know, you think about those kinds of things, you find out about the satellites that they have and, and how they're you know, how they come over the United States and all that kind of stuff is is, is kind of kind of scary when you really think about that you know how how easy something like that could happen and so um even breitbart uh i saw today uh, i think on twitter breitbart had an article about emp i'm gonna you know i'm actually posting that one on uh, prepper website uh this evening and so uh you know it's it's kind of crazy when you have breitbart uh although there probably would be considered more alternative news as mainstream media uh Probably a lot of people would consider them on the edge, right? But uh, they're you know talking about EMP out there and the and the possibilities of that, and looking at uh, what North Korea was doing, and so you know that might move up on your list a little bit when you when you're talking about probable things. But anyway, so going back to that in, in your list and then planning from there. Um, Going from there and, and uh, you know, starting with the basics. Do you have food? Do you have water? Do you have first aid supplies? Do you have a means to defend yourself? Those kinds of things. You should have that kind of stuff put in place before you get, uh, you know, water. Uh, ways to, uh, to purify and to filter water. You should 
handle all that stuff before you get into precious metals. You should handle all that kind of stuff before you get into, you know, really, really big firearms and, you know, tricking out your AR-15 or your AK or whatever, you know. Uh, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a means to defend yourself, but that kind of stuff should be first, you know, uh, having maybe some solar backup, whatever, uh, easy way to, you know, not going out and buying a big gold zero, uh, you know, system or whatever, but having a, a basic system, some, some batteries and, and, uh, you know, some deep cell batteries that you can use and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm, I'm starting to go off on a tangent here, but, um, you get my idea. You want to plan and plan well, and that way you make sure that you're, uh, you're minimizing going out and making bad decisions, um, just because out of fear you want to make uh, decisions out of you know good reasoning and not out of fear Um, I do like what he said here when he said look at the scenarios here and look at what is um, when you get to that point where you have those things taken care of food water uh, first aid uh, a way a means to defend yourself and you start looking at these scenarios that he's talking about and what is specific for survival to these things like what kinds of things would you uh, were, are specific food is going to be you know for everything water is going to be for everything first aid supplies is going to be for everything you know defense is going to be for everything but you know what kinds of things are specific that you would think are specific to make be a nuclear attack what would be specific to uh, you know an, an EMP you know what would be specific to uh, economic collapse and, and going on from there and so I think that's very very helpful when you start thinking about that but yeah you don't want to go just with one scenario I think that's that's always a bad move um, you you want to have the basics you know the basics having the basics down regardless if you ever live through uh, a situation right a collapse or or whatever um, you're going to be able to use those things regardless. You know, you're going to eat, you're going to need water, uh, you're going to need uh, first aid supplies. I mean, your kids are going to have, need band-aids and you're going to, you can go through all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, uh, th- you'll always need defense, even even if things are good. Things are still kind of getting a little crazy. And so you'll always want to be, you know, feel a little bit safer with the means to defend yourself. So having those basic things are, you know, you'll be able to use those regardless all the way around. So start with a plan. I think that's one reason why on Pinterest my prep plan board is one of the biggest ones because when when I'm looking for things to pen, you know, I I'm looking at the planning part of it because that is such a big part of preparedness and making sure you do it right. All right, so good article there. Uh, you're gonna want to go check out Sarge's article at American Preppers uh, online because he's got a lot of links there for you. All right, this next article is uh, actually it's one of mine uh, as edthatmatters.com. Um, the title, you know, now that I think about it, the title, I don't like the title, but it, it should have been like purchase gear versus DIY gear, but I just called it gear versus DIY gear, Swedish torch solution for pennies. And actually this is a very short article. There's a lot of video in here. And, um, so I kind of explained why, um, I was just know I was just going to link to this one, kind of talk about it, but uh, I decided to go ahead and read it. So let me just go ahead and dive into it. Uh, who hasn't seen that cool piece of gear advertised and just thought, I would like to have that? Thanks to YouTube and social media outlets like Facebook, videos are shared that make gear look very attractive. I recently took the bait and watched a video for the Sports MITI 
001 lightweight Swedish fire torch log grill. Well, that's a mouthful. Although I can't find the exact video anymore. See vid at the end of the MIT 001 in action. I remember that I thought the concept was interesting, and so I went to Amazon to see if they carried it. They did, but the price was $71. I thought that was too crazy a price for something like this. I then thought about the possibility of making something that worked on the same concept. That kept the logs together, but way cheaper and lighter, something someone could put in their bug out bag. I remember seeing that one video where someone used a chain and stretch band to cut firewood. I thought a chain around a Swedish torch could work. As I was thinking about how, uh, how heavy a chain would be needed, I decided to look for a video and lo and behold, it's been done before. So uh, I'm linking to a link to a video from YouTube on a guy who's done the Swedish torch uh, using using a chain. All right, so you know you want to check that one out. And uh, so then right right below that I say you can even do a Swedish torch with small logs and a vine to tie it all together, like in this video. So in this one, uh, this this bushcrafter doesn't. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't cut up a log. He actually finds a bunch of smaller logs. Actually, I think he saws some smaller logs, puts them together with, some, with a vine uh, at the bottom, and he uses that to, as a Swedish, uh, Swedish torch, and it works out, so you get to see it there. All right, continuing on. I know the concept of the Sports MIT I-001 is to provide a grill-like surface, but you really have to think about it if the price is worth it. I mean, if you're in the woods every weekend, maybe, but if not, a chain would work. The important thing is to keep the wood upright long enough to cook your food. If you're building a Swedish fire torch for your backyard fun, this video might inspire you to split some wood easily. So I did link to another article of a, a guy who shows you how to split wood really easy. And so I mean, he's got a big log and he just kind of uh, cuts through it like butter. So you might want to go check that one out just for some ideas. Because usually when you see people going after a big log like that, they're swinging and uh, you know they're swinging and they're hitting like right in the middle. And this guy, uh, you know, I, I think he makes a lot of sense here. He makes it look kind of easy. So uh, I've got four videos on this one. Uh, they're, they're not long videos. They're short videos. The very last one is that Sports MITI 001 in action. And it is kind of cool. The idea is, is very, very cool. But uh, $71, I don't think it's worth it. I think you can easily, you know, carry around, uh, you know, if, if you are a bushcrafter or you are bugging out and, uh, you know, maybe you need uh, something uh uh, you know, you're wanting to to use uh, a cooktop or whatever. Um, you know, using a Swedish torch as a uh, a means to cook on the you know uh, will definitely work. And so that first video shows you that it can be done. Um, he cooks he cooks several different things and even heats up some coffee, uh, does some coffee, and uh, and then after that he uh, breaks the he un un. Uh, unclips the 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 chain i can't think right now he unclips the chain and then he uses that for his fire for the evening right because he's already got coals and it's already going really really well so uh yeah go check that one out that's pretty cool so that's going to be over at edthatmatters.com and i'll link to that one over on uh, the pre uh, the prepper website podcast.com all right next one comes to us from modern survival blog.com this one is people are going to lose it 
when times get tough for real. And uh, man, I have I've seen this. I working working in the education system on campuses. I have seen this already. Uh, I even think that it filters down from parents to kids. I think kids feel the stress of what their parents are going through and things like that, and I think that carries over in into you know to the school. Um, so I, I think this is a, a really uh, important topic, and I think when you start going out there because things are crazy, um, you know we see reports like California and Berkeley and all that kind of junk, but that doesn't mean that things aren't crazy where you are and people's frustration levels are high and stress levels are high. And so you add all the other stuff to it and it just, people are like at a fever pitch right now. So I think that that means that when you're going out there in public that, I mean, you don't always want to be, you don't want to be buried in your phones. I know that it's really easy to do that. And, uh, you know, you're, you're, we're always checking our phones. I am very guilty of that myself, but at the same time, I try to stay aware and I know that there's times where I need to put my phone away and I need to be a little bit more proactive in, in checking out my situation. And so I think that that's going to be even more the case as we, as we move uh, into this future uh, that we're in right now. So let's go ahead and start reading this one. People are losing it now. Never mind what will happen when times get tough for real. How often have you seen others around you losing their minds over seemingly trivial things? How often have you observed others losing it over recent politics and political ideals? How often have we seen news of other people losing it around the country and around the world for one thing or another? Anxiety appears to be very high. Tensions are evidently very tight. People are snapping. Now imagine what will happen if and when times get really tough for real. During my recent road trip, I observed my share of instances of others losing it. However, there was one incident in particular that was way above the rest. It occurred at a gas station. It was lunchtime and we pulled into a gas station to diesel up and to get a Subway sandwich. I got out and started filling up the truck. The place was pretty full of vehicles and people. There, were a, there was a man in a truck who pulled up to the pump across from me who evidently was having issues with the pump's card reader. This man subsequently went into a rage like I've not seen in a while yelling and swearing at the top of his lungs, slamming the doors on the truck and moving to another pump right behind me where he continued his rage for another minute or so. It was insane how this guy went off the deep end. It got me to think about the hair trigger so many people are living on. And there are, and these are, these are the supposed good times. I'm telling you, if and when the SHTF, in a substantial way, social chaos will begin occurring right quick. It's going to get ugly and your personal security is going to be very high on your list of concerns. A recent comment here on the blog by someone who observed a similar situation is probably just the tip of the iceberg for others of you who have also witnessed people losing it. This is a quote. I was confronted by a very angry man this week about a situation that had nothing to do with me. He was collectively yelling at a bunch of people over a stupid nothing situation. This served as yet another reminder about how stupid people can and will behave during an SHTF scenario. He could not be rationalized with. He wasn't interested in talking it out. He was accusational and angry, kind of like the Antifa idiots. Cool heads claim the victory, but what happens when people are armed? Food for thought. Another recent comment on the blog. The world has really gone mental. I pretty much can't even 
read any of the trash out there now, be it MSM or alt media, it all seems retarded. People are just off. I just don't get it. It's like there has been an overdose of stupid pills or something. A reply reads as follows. Yes, runaway anger. The catchphrase of today is being triggered. PC run wild. I will give you examples from just a few words you wrote. You can't say retarded anymore. You can't refer to anyone as mental. You can't say stupid. And this is just the beginning of the attacks on the First Amendment. You can't say woman, man, female. Some places you can't hang the flag. When do you? When do the good people of this country say enough? The next Pearl Harbor, 9-11, too late. So, um, let me see. This was posted on May 6th, so two, two days ago. There's 122 uh, comments on this one. So, I, you know, just by that... You know that this is something that people are very, very aware of. People are, you know, people are looking into it. People are going in and uh, talking about it. So, uh, yeah, definitely go go check that one out. And the, you know, sometimes the comments, sometimes you learn so much off of comments more than you do off the articles. And um, the American Preppers Online had good comments, and so did uh, Modern Survival Blog. I mean, they have. I didn't read all 122, but there are good comments in there. So you want to go check that one out. Uh, but uh, again, please, as you're as you're going out there, as you're going out there at night, uh, ladies, please be careful, men. Uh, if you you know, if if your if your spouse is is used to going out there at night and you know go with her uh, or send you know, my kids are humongous so my if my wife has to go out um, I'm sending my kids sending my kids with her or you know I'm going out with her if if I can do that uh, just because it's it's crazy out there right now but then at the same time um, you know you need to be aware all the time even daylight time uh, wherever you go even in the, the the places that you think are the best of places um, you know you need to make sure that you're you're keeping an eye out because uh, things can go south really really quickly all right, let's go ahead and move on to the last article. This comes to us from prepblog.com. And this one's interesting because it's uh, harvesting wild birds for food after the SHTF. You know, one of the things that we talk about a lot of the times in the preparedness community is how when, uh, you know, everything goes, the, the balloon goes up and, you know, uh, everything goes south and, and we're in the SHTF for, for, for real uh, how people are going to go out into the woods and hunt, and so that you know all the big game is going to be gone, all the little game is going to be gone. You don't hear a lot about uh, small birds. You know, you don't you don't usually hear a lot about that uh, on um, on on websites or at least articles written. And so I thought this one was interesting, and so that's why I want to end uh, the podcast with this one: ha- harvesting wild birds for food after the SHTF. In the not-so-rural area where I live in Massachusetts, we have ducks, geese, and wild turkeys wandering about town. Sometimes I have to stop my car to let a few wild turkeys cross the road, and the local park is often filled with geese, as if it were a geese version of Coachella. Then, too, we have the usual assortment of small birds, including noisy crows that seem to be everywhere. After the SHTF, some of these wild birds might be harvested for food, but it's not so simple as it might seem. First, there are a plethora of laws governing hunting birds which vary from state to state and from place to place within a state, and from time to time within any year. For example, in Massachusetts, grow 
I'm sorry, in Massachusetts, crows may only be hunted on Fridays, Saturdays, and Mondays. Like, you kind of want, who came up with that, right? Crows are, are uh, only hunted on Fridays, Saturdays, and, you know, probably, now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably an older one, back when Sundays, everything shut down, and so uh, on Sundays, everybody went to church, and we used to have those laws here. I, I remember here, you know, growing up, and I'm not that old, but I remember uh, you couldn't go, you know, you couldn't go to the store on Sundays. Things were shut down. And so maybe that's probably uh, from uh, back in the day. But anyway, okay, so sorry, just going off on that tangent. Uh, for example, in Massachusetts, crows may only be hunted on Fridays, Saturdays, and Mondays, and then only during the open season for crows. Other, more desirable birds have greater restrictions. When I lived in Florida, there was a certain type of large bird with a long neck and long legs standing about four foot tall. I think it was some kind of sand crane. These birds walk around like they own the place. They strut leisurely down the middle of the road and wander across your lawn and driveway. They are heavily protected by law and they seem to know it. So the first obstacle you encounter when you wish to harvest wild birds for food is the legal restrictions. And I don't want to be a scoff law, but maybe if law and order has broken down, you could hunt some of the smaller, least restricted birds without much problem. I'm going to say if law and order has broken down, uh, hunting uh, small birds is going to be the least of uh, anybody's worries. So... Um, you know, that's something I, I know some of you are probably listening to that and thinking about that. It kind of, you know, and again, you would kind of it would depend on where you're at. You know, if you're in a small rural rural location where maybe a sheriff is in charge, they might try to up, uphold as many laws as possible. So, you know, that's something to consider. The next concern will be how to take the birds. I would say that an accurate air rifle is perfect for taking small game. Those rifles are surprisingly accurate and air guns currently have far fewer restrictions than firearms. The typical air rifle comes with a sound moderator, which is not legally a silencer or suppressor because the air rifle is not legally a firearm. So the gun is quiet enough not to alarm the neighbors and an air rifle can take a small bird at 50 yards or more without much damage to the meat. On the other hand, a nice 22 long rifle such as a Henry Rifles lever action is a good setup in a in power from an air rifle and is perfect for hunting a wide range of small birds and other small game. For the largest game birds, a shotgun is arguably the best tool for the job. Turkeys, geese, and wild ducks are the perfect game for a reliable pump-action shotgun like the Remington 870. And a shotgun can serve double duty as a home defense gun, so it's a good investment. Aside from guns, what other means can be used to hunt small game? Traps and netting are generally illegal, and they require a skill set that not many persons possess. Hunting with a bow and arrow is particularly difficult on small game, so I think you are better off with an air rifle or a firearm. Preparing wild game birds is an art in itself. Not sure if you can just hand the missus a recently departed duck and expect dinner later that day. You might have to dress that bird yourself and then grill it outside. Fortunately, a little-known information service called YouTube has many instructional videos on just the topic. Will your kids eat game birds? Maybe you, sh if, maybe you should tell them it's a new kind of chicken. Or have plenty of ketchup or hand to 
on hand. I'm sorry. I was I, I was thinking about a story my wife always tells me, and then I'm gonna I'll tell you here in just a minute. Let me start that paragraph over for you. Will, will your kids eat game birds? Maybe you should tell them it's a new kind of chicken, or have plenty of ketchup on hand to flavor the bird. Then again, if the kids are involved in hunting the food, they might be more open to trying it. All right. So uh, you know. Good ideas here. That that funny story is uh, my father-in-law used to raise rabbits, and I think I've talked about it before. Uh, but uh, so you know they would raise rabbits. I mean, and they you know they did it pretty optimally. I mean, they raised the rabbits, and they went ahead and they you know, they harvested. They 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 did what they needed to do. And so when uh, my wife would go over there to spend the weekend or whatever, they uh, you know they would always tell her you know it's chicken you know and so it was always chicken she finally got to the place where uh she learned you know hey i'm not eating meat i'm gonna eat vegetables i'm gonna eat because i never know what's going to you know because he went frogging too and so i never know if it's squirrel or not squirrel but rabbit or frog legs or whatever you know if it's really chicken or not but uh yeah i just started thinking about that that funny story i know some of you probably have the same kinds of stories that you could share um you know, out and uh, about kids not not eating or you know thinking something was uh, some meat was chicken when when it really wasn't. But anyway, uh, good articles uh, today. You know things to think about. Um, a lot of variety just to kind of uh, reflect on out there. Hey, I did ask for some feedback on uh, if if doing maybe two articles. Uh, of course, if they weren't long, I would do. Uh, I would do them. Uh, I would do more than that. But uh, the reason being is that you know I listened to a podcast and it was about 20 minutes long, and uh, it was it, it really kind of left me wanting more. And so I did have uh, some feedback today on episode 56 or I'm, yeah 56. Uh, you know talking about hey Todd I, I appreciate that appreciate what you're doing Jesse let, left me. Um, a comment uh, on that. I appreciate Jesse. I appreciate the feedback and taking the time to come over to uh, the website and uh, leaving that comment. Uh, but I'd like to hear from some others as well, you know, because uh, I want to make the podcast valuable. I, I love listening to podcasts. I have. I'm always adding podcasts. And you know what I do is is um, I don't listen to every podcast at every. Uh, or every episode that every podcast ever puts out. I, re- I kind of look over the show notes and I'm like, hey, is this an interesting one or am I going to pass on this one? And so uh, that's why I kind of put the articles in the show notes. If you are if you don't come to the website to see what, what they are, you'll see it in the show notes if your podcast, uh, podcast catcher uh, lets you see the show notes. And so uh, I'm just trying to make it a valuable uh, resource for the preparedness community out there. All right. So if uh, if uh, you get a chance, go check out Preppers University again. That uh, I'm going to put this out here here real soon, and uh, you you'll be able to get that flash sale up until noon tomorrow. Then that that's noon on Tuesday, May 9th. And then after that, it's going to go back up to its regular price. So if you're thinking about it, uh, maybe kind of considering it, go check it out. Go look around the website, and uh, you know if it's something that you want to do, you know, uh, you know, register and and take advantage of that of that good price there. 
If you, if you get a chance, come over to the Prepper website podcast as well. And uh, we'd love for you to leave a comment, share out our episode or our website, and then uh, you know connect with me somehow on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I always uh, love to uh, hear from people out there. All right. Well, uh, that's it for this episode. Uh, until next time, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Till tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.